It is footy and frothies, June the 30th, 2021. Get all your tax invoices together and uh, go and see your local tax agent if you need one. Uh, I know one. So uh, beyond that, uh, it is Ollie, Barney and Daggy in lockdown mode. Uh, unfortunately, for the next at least couple of weeks, optimistically, we'll be back at the pub in a few weeks, but let's see what the future holds. How's lockdown treated you so far in Western Sydney, Oliver? It's been similar to how it was last time, although the start of lockdown was actually very strange because I wasn't actually in the Sydney metropolitan area. I was away for my cousin's wedding and it was weird. As we actually stepped off the shuttle bus that we got to the wedding, my brother refreshed his phone and said, oh shit, Penrith's going into lockdown. And my whole entire family from Penrith was up there and we thought, how good's this? And I think sort of unanimously, it wasn't actually said, but we pretty much thought, well, as soon as we get back to Penrith for going into lockdown. So we're going hard tonight. So we all partied hard, had a good night, the night of the wedding. And then, yeah, had to face reality on Sunday and come back home. So I guess we got that uh, a little bit extra um, freedom, if you want to call it that. But then, yeah, uh, straight back, back to lockdown, which uh, I can't complain Hasn't, hasn't been too bad. You don't do much anyway, do you? No. Nah. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I start work um, tomorrow. Oh, nice. Um, so, so that's going to be interesting. Um, but, yeah, see how that goes. Hopefully I'm not too too bad. Otherwise, the boss man who's currently listening in right now might might give me a flog and who knows. I'll have words with the powers that be. Uh, and Barney, are uh, you getting through all right? You, how's the uh, recovery from your deathbed being? Yeah, I've only just come good in the last sort of day and a half, to be honest. Um, yeah, after lockdown didn't really bother me over the weekend because I wasn't m- moving far from the lounge anyway. So, yeah, yeah. no, it was, um, it was back into it again, I guess. We, <laughs> we could just to the shops and back, and that's about it. Go out for a take the dog for a walk, but we'll get through it. Hopefully, yeah. it's not too long. Yeah, a bit like that. It's uh, uh, the same, being busy, actually, of all things. So we'll see how we get through the next few weeks. Hope all the listeners stay safe and uh, stay out of trouble, and hopefully this passes again. Uh, We'll talk a bit about what it's affected uh, throughout the show, but uh, we may as well kick off with Origin. New South Wales 26 defeated Queensland, nil to make the aggregate 76 to 6 so far over 160 minutes. Barney, we'll have a look at this game first. Do you want to run through the stats? Yeah, of course. So we had um, zero tries for Queensland and four for New South Wales. Four out of four conversions and one out of one penalty goals. 83% completion from the Queenslanders, actually, which was better than New South Wales, 77%. They had 34 out of 41 sets and we had 34 out of 44. Uh, There's some big difference in the running metres with 1,526 for Queensland and 1,907 for New South Wales. Uh, One line break to seven, 37 tackle bus to 49 for New South Wales, 10 offloads to 12, one force dropout for Queensland, two for New South Wales, zero 40 20s, 380 tackles played 363, uh, three ruck infringements from Queensland, none from New South Wales, two inside the 10s to five, two penalties conceded by Queensland and six by New South Wales, uh, 12 errors to nine, Kafusi made 38 tackles, Yo with 45, Kate with 181 running metres, Teddy with 234, Gay Guy missed nine tackles, Kate will miss six, Munster and Welsh missed seven and a piece, um, Paulo actually missed six and only made 19, and Cleary missed six as well. 
But uh, the New South Wales back five made all made over 100 metres again. Teddy and Turo with 200 plus running metres. Um, and yeah, there was nine players in the Queensland side to run over 100 metres compared to seven from the Queensland side. Yeah, I think all of the back four ran over 170 metres. I think Latrell and Tommy both were uh, 175, 176, and 180. Um, what can you say about? Where to for now? They're just a better team. This or for this the year, probably next year as well. Um, they've got strike all over the park. Every one of the back five is a superstar. And uh, what more can you add, Barney? What do you make of the game? Yeah, well, the first two sets, I was um, sort of on the edge of my seat. Actually, I thought here comes Queensland with that fire and brimstone that they normally start Origin with. And it was sort of back to that, the way that Origin does normally start. It wasn't the backs taking it up, it was the forwards. And Saifidi got smashed in the first one. And Arrow and Papali were shooting out of the line, putting on a few big shots. And they sort of won the first couple of sets. Uh, yardage yardage game, Queensland were getting on top. And then um, after about three sets, New South Wales just clicked into gear. And then I sat back in my seat and <laughs> it was nice and comfortable for the next 70, mi- 70 minutes or so. I haven't had that feeling for about 15 years, to be honest, like, in origin, I'm pretty much every year sitting on the edge of the seat, worried that Queensland, as they continually did, either come back and got us or just dominated from the start to the end of the game. But it's a good one, man. I really enjoyed watching this game. Actually, I thought it was a pretty complete performance out of New South Wales. Ollie. Well, I have to sort of echo Barney's sentiments because at full time, I just sort of sat there and I thought I don't really feel excited. And usually whenever the New South Wales win the series, at least um, obviously I was alive for the three that they won in a row in 03 to 05, but I was very young. So I remember 14, 18, 19, I was ecstatic after each game where it was confirmed that we'd won the series. But after this one, I was just sort of sitting there, I was thinking, why don't I feel that excitement? And then it dawned on me, I was like, well, this is the expectation, isn't it? And it is going to be for, I'd say, the next three to five years based on how these squads are shaping up to be. And it's it's not really anything Queensland can control. It's really New South Wales have just had the better crop of young players coming through the past few years and they're reaping the rewards of it. Uh, unless like a Reese Walsh or a Sam Walker turns out to be an absolute superstar. Um, I'm talking both those guys and a couple of other young players come through. I'm not saying New South Wales win the next five series, although they could, but they will certainly win at, at least three of them. I'm saying the majority and they will be the favorites heading into each year. Um, but yeah, what, what more can you say? Really, it's the back five was starring again. I think Brian Toto ran for over two hundred meters again, so another day at the office for him. Um, but yeah, it, it's just pure domination, and I can't see Queensland really coming back from from this. I think it's probably the most likely of a three nil series that we've had in a long time. Yeah, it's. Um well, I know this is always cyclical, and I think someone put out the other day sort of the under-24 Queensland side, and when you think that they've got well, who I think is the Australian hooker to come back, uh, Sam Walker, Reese Walsh, uh, maybe a Jaden Campbell, maybe a, well, obviously Ponga as well. So there's a whole spine there that can come back into it. Um, Fodawake is only 21. Uh, you know, there's it's not doom and gloom. It, it's going to be probably doom for the next three years, but um, there is some light yeah. in the tunnel if you're a Queensland fan. Um, but I'd I thought, love a defensive centre. 
They they need two. Honestly, we and we did. <laughs> hey, well, we, we sold the Titans. We did flag. Uh, we did flag exactly uh, what the concern was, and that's why they didn't change. And uh, it's what the concern is going to be in um, two weeks' time as well. So I don't know uh, what can change from that point of view, unless they do go with the Will Chambers, who apparently was. Uh, on the radar until he's a couple of ordinary efforts late in the Cronulla game. Uh, yeah, his defence hasn't been great since coming back either, though, to be nah, That's right. And um, there's not a lot else around. Like, I know there's an optic probably the last of a of a of of an empty empty barrel, and I don't think he's going to stop Tommy Turbo the way he's playing at the moment. So it is what it is. Um, Latrell was fantastic. I, lo- I was so happy after that try. Uh, it was one of the happiest I've been seeing anyone not wearing an orange and black jersey score for a long time. And I don't even know why. I think it's just the fact that he's still holding on to the fact that he should be in a 3X jersey and he's still wearing the XL. I like that. A man after my own heart. And uh, just seen him stream away and score. But he was absolutely outstanding again. Uh, and what probably didn't get the reps was his defence. A couple of def- defensive decisions which Ramandis, he put um, a couple of blokes on their ass early. He There was one great uh, cover tackle he made throughout the game. and uh, He put Gago in the touch. Um, and put he Gago put a couple of touch. blokes back into, into their own in goal to force you dropouts. Can, you can see he's really made a point of just wanting to own Gago. One-on-one strips. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the strength of the one-on-one strips. That's now two week, two games in a row he's done that. I think um, Adrian's frozen on us. It does look like me? it. Can you see me? There we go. (laughs) Um, But he, yeah, he's been outstanding. Uh, I thought he was tremendous. Again, I like that Teddy looked like he set out from the first minute to sort of stamp the game after all the chatter of the other two after game one. He was. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Do you think that might have been a bit because of you know he was he wasn't ordinary in the game one, but nobody spoke about him at all. Everyone was revving up all the other fullbacks that were in the team. uh, I don't know if it was all. Obviously, it's Teddy, so you can't say it was all that. But he, um, you, you could see there was clear intent to be involved early. He like, seemed to have a point to yeah, improve, yeah, didn't he? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so oh, he was super involved, and that um, that flick pass to put Ado Car away—that was a piece of brilliance. That was a lovely bit of play. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on about the game? Oh, well, it was glaringly obvious that Queensland's attack was just slow and um, disorganised. Like there was. There's nobody there organised. The best they looked was when Hunt came on and seemed to sort of take control a little bit there yeah. at different times at the back of the game. Um, their only real option was the, the only time they looked threatening was when they bombed to Kyle Felt. And Toe just scrapped and fought so hard to, try to stop them from getting, you know what I mean? He's just stopping in their way, getting in underneath them, getting over the top of them, grabbing at the ball, trying to pull it out of their arms. He did an awesome job considering how, you know, the height disadvantage that he, he does have out there under that high ball. But, um, and New South Wales, they look quick. They, they, their play was quick. I liked the way that Luai changed the tempo a lot of the time when he had the ball. Um, he would slow the game down uh, by sort of dragging it out and throwing a, a slow cutout ball or he'd pick up the pace and run himself and have other people coming off him. I thought the way that those, uh, the two halves combined with Breen again. Um, to, for Fida to only get one tackle bust in the entire game. Like I know that he only had about 10 or 11 runs, but the way that um, Murray in particular and Tommy Turbo just rushed out of the line, took his time away from him, and they didn't try to take the ball. They just chopped his legs out. Yeah. And they did it time and time again and just dropped him straight away as soon as he got anywhere near the line. Well, that was that was enormous as well. And um, Isaiah, you know, 
he's he's gone to a completely different level. Um, he was playing seven there at times when Cleary was under pressure. He was jumping in and sort of, and it puts the puts Queensland in two minds whether he's going to run or pass because he could quite easily do both. And he he, he had him rattled at different stages there when he he started to take control as well. So is he now the, big, is he now the best lock in the game? Yeah. You'd have to be close. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm um, not Murray would probably be, if you're playing Murray a lot, he'd be close as well. But, yeah, it's, um, I thought he was super special. I want to mention, uh, actually, I want to mention Cam Murray. I thought his footwork was tremendous a couple of times where he just, uh, he just took that extra step to isolate and make sure there was that overlap. Uh, I think yep. one where he dropped it. No, there's one where it was through the hands and he sort of put it down where they would have scored. And there's he another one. <laughs> but, uh, the, yeah, she would have been even better. Um, but the way he isolated uh, Tommy on the defender to then have Tommy just uh, put uh, Adokara down the sideline, was uh, that was all him, and I thought that was tremendous. Um, and I want to mention, uh, I know I rap him a lot lately. Uh, he's somehow become one of my favourite players. But Angus Crichton, after, when he came on, he was great. Yeah, really. Well, he was Angus Crichton, uh, and I think even just looking at the stats, I think it's pretty clear if uh, if Jake Turbo's back for Game Three, who who Freddie's probably going to lean with, uh, staying in that team. I think Liam Martin had a, a quiet game by his standards, and that's not a knock. He just didn't get a chance to get involved as much. He ended up playing. I think he yeah. played close to half an hour, but we didn't see a lot of him. Um, yeah, enjoyable game, outstanding game. It'll be three nil, and uh, I just like watching the best players in the in the world play with each other, basically. Um, yeah, well, Queensland's best two were probably their front rowers, I think. Welsh and Papali were probably the best two players for the Queensland yeah. team. Then Arrow, I thought, was pretty good as well. But um, there's just no direction out of that side. It was um, it's confusing, actually, considering that DCE is generally pretty good at getting a team around the field. Is that a, a missing Harry Grant thing? Is it a, or are they just they're just leaderless at the moment? And, and it sounds like they are the DCE and Cam Munster aren't on the same page anyway. Yeah, well, Munster generally plays on the back of broken field play or um, up-tempo footy. So if he's not getting that, it's, um, and you can see he start, when he gets frustrated, he doesn't know what to do and it, he just seems to make things worse. He starts sort of panicking and trying to speed up the play even more and it, it causes more problems than what it does, mm. you know. You need someone to sort of grab him and go piss off out the back yeah, for a little bit and I'll, I'll get us around the field for 10 minutes and then you can come back and try and play. But... Um, <laughs> It, yeah, it, you saw at I least don't know um, where they go from here. At least there's probably that 20 minute period in the second half where at least Munster just decided, well, I'm going to try. I'm going to be the one that tries here. Get involved. I yeah. think, um, and Ollie, we've talked about this. I, I just think he's a little bit down on form himself, and it's the yeah. frustrations are not helping. It, it's been all year. I, I don't know what it's been with him. Like, take out the kicks, take out the, the quote unquote grubby plays. He's just not been as good this year. Um, Jerome Hughes, arguably one of the best players in the competition this year, period. He's up there. If a Cleary and a Travojevic weren't having career best seasons, then maybe he'd be in the conversation a bit more. But he's been amazing. And, you know, I've been thinking how much has that impacted Cameron Munster's influence on the Melbourne Storm. And obviously it does have a bit of an impact when one of the halves are being so dominant and playing so well for the whole season. But still, when you're the Australian 5'8", and we know how good Munster can be, he still should be getting in there and having a bit more of an impact 
on the Melbourne Storm than he has been, I guess, in a way as well. It's just a bit lucky that Hughes has been having such a good season too. But, yeah, I, I don't know what's to go with Cam Munster. I mean, we're going to talk about it in a bit, but it seems like ever since at the start of the year he came out and said that if the Brisbane expansion team offered him a contract, he'd take it. We've not seen him play too well at Melbourne, so I don't know if he if he missed some people off with those comments and is now not as happy at Melbourne and it's reflecting in his rugby league and might be why he's lashing out a bit as well. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. It's sad. I think he just, uh, I don't want to say speak without, spoke without thinking, but probably just was honest more than anything. Yeah, probably he'd be quite happy to go and get a million bucks to play for as a franchise player somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he he shouldn't have said that or anything. I'm saying maybe that there were people within Melbourne who weren't too happy with those comments for whatever reason. Fair enough. Um, so just uh, to touch on the rest of oh we've got to do our Ollie Lewis I suppose uh, interesting three and two uh, Barney I, I had Latrell at three and Teddy at two but we can flip it either way and uh, what do same you make same it? and I had um, Yo for the one yeah I'm happy with that I think I the exact same cool there it is yeah. uh, three two uh, three to Latrell two to Teddy one to Isaiah Yo which uh, gets yeah, I guess Latrell will be very hard to catch. Uh, did he get three points train? last time? Uh, I turbo? can't remember now. I think GT? I think, yeah, Latrell might be a clean sweep so far. Um, I, um, one thing I do love about this side is that arrogance that they're building. They just do not give a fuck who they're playing against. They're just mouthing off all night, pointing, laughing, high-fiving, backslapping. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's about time Queensland got some back. Well, yeah, yeah. And, for 10 years. and the rest of New South Wales uh, were pretty cocky as well. Sorry, I thought you were just talking about Jerome Luai there. No, no, all the boys. <laughs> but he was the leader. <laughs> well, yeah, someone who's, as Barney did, clearly remembers, yeah, 10 years of uh, Thurston and Cronk and Inglis and Slater and Smith and uh, Gay Chambers. Guy and Chambers and everyone else. Um, <laughs> it's I am not upset at all. By, uh, by see, enjoying it this year. Uh, no guilt there whatsoever. A couple of quick news things just to touch on. Um, so the dogs have been fined 50 grand uh, for the breach. So uh, Waddell, Napa, Wakem, Katoa and Shup all were, went to the pub um, in violation of uh, what they should have been doing. Uh, apparently... The, the 50 grand, that it was as much a club issue as the player's fault because apparently it hadn't been communicated quite as clearly the severity of the lockdown. That's the, the line that we've been fed today. So um, they've all got various fines themselves as well and will miss this game. Uh, Todd Payton will miss the game. He'll be uh, isolating after coming in close Two contact weeks. with uh, a case up at Townsville. So he will miss this game, and I think it's backdated to Sunday, so I think it's just this game for now. And uh, But I, I, I don't quote me on that. And finally, the uh, the big news of the week, uh, the massive news of the week, I suppose, is the Nathan Cleary injury. Oh, uh, sorry to jump in. In terms of COVID news, you and Aitken and Josh Cameron oh, sorry, as well. Oh, sorry, yep. Isolating for 14 days. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're missing this week as well. Now, um, yeah, the big news, Ivan, uh, Ivan Cleary, Nathan Cleary, 
will miss uh, up to six weeks. They're going to try rehab the shoulder. We did uh, prognosticate on this exact point a week ago, which is uh, interesting that uh, what would happen if you got injured and uh, we're about to see it. Uh, what happens, we'll start at New South Wales level, who's your, we asked on social media who the halfback should be. Ollie, how would you set up the team? And Barney, you can go straight after that. Oh, look, I know that neither of them are out-and-out halfbacks, but I'd probably just start Jack Whiten, just look within, promote Whiten. To be honest, at Canberra, Whiten and Williams have been playing as two running halves for the past two years anyway, so Whiten's at least used to it. And I, I, I hate to disrespect the game a bit, but it is a dead rubber, genuinely. So New South Wales don't really need to worry about finding the right man and I guess it is just easier to promote someone within the side already I know there are people going on about Mitch Moses and I actually understand why because for the most part he has had a good season and I guess if there's any situation where you are to pick Moses it's this one and if they do pick Moses New South Wales will still probably win whether he has a good game or not but um, yeah, I'd just go with Jack Whiten. If you want that kicking game sort of close to Cleary, you would go with an Adam Reynolds too maybe. But personally, yeah, Jack Whiten. Bon? Yeah, so um, Whiten and Luai could work, I would imagine. Um, Luai's been going okay. He actually took a bit of the kicking off Cleary in the last one and um, a little bit of the control. Uh, they would have to play a little bit of a different style. And if they were to go that way, I I myself would be bringing Nico Hines in as the 14th man. And then yeah. if you want to bring back, um, if you want to bring back Jake, probably Liam Martin would probably have to miss out, but um, depending on what you do there, just as you know, you still need that cover if a center or a fullback goes down and um, you can get Nico can play in the halves. He can play anywhere in the back line. So I think he'd be a perfect fit. And um, with it being a dead rubber, why not chuck him in there? There's a good chance in the next few years he probably could find a position in there somewhere maybe um, as your 14th man. But realistically, I'd probably go with um, Adam Reynolds. Um, I know it's only a, a short-term thing, but I don't, I can't see Cleary apart from injury missing at all for the next five or 10 years. So yeah. um, why not just fill the hole for this one? Um Reynolds has done okay. I think he's played one game before, maybe two. And I think he played okay. a series. Yeah, and he's, he did fairly well when he did play. Um, and he's he's been in pretty good form this year, so I, I'd be going with Reynolds if you want a like for like. But I could also understand if they bring Whiten in and play Whiten and Luai together. Uh, just on social media. Uh, Danan said that Luai and White aren't seven, so I don't get why half social media is suggesting that, or even Luai and Walker with White on the bench. Uh, at the end of the day, they'll be beating Reynolds, who it'll be between Reynolds and Moses. Uh, Reynolds 0 for 2 in Origin, who hasn't played Origin. Freddie coached him for Lebanon. Greg Greg said uh, Luai to seven, White to six. Troy said Mitch Moses. Uh, and uh, Flowey Boy asked if we're going live tonight, which we are not uh, due to COVID. Right. Yeah. Um, so with Troy's comment, I should emphasise here, he does host, I'd say, one of the best fan rugby league podcasts. Go check him out, the Paracave podcast. He's a okay. Parramatta Reels fan, so um, I'm not too surprised with his choice there. But I thought, seeming as he went out of his way to comment and hopefully he's listening tonight, I'd give him a bit of a shout-out. Paracave yeah. podcast. Oh, good on you, Troy. Um, now... 
I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Firstly, I think what will happen is they'll just stick with Luai and Whiten. Uh, I think a, a, a key to that is, if you notice, Luai's actually been named at seven for Penrith this week, uh, okay. which is interesting, uh, given they obviously could have just plugged uh, Burton straight in at six. So I think uh, that's probably an indication of the thinking of um, Fitler, Brandy, and their influence uh, maybe at Penrith as well. That said... Giving it some thought, exactly what you said about the kickings, right? Though with Reynolds, but if you're looking for what have I said all along that if you're looking for a team that's going to win by twenty anyway, who's the best halfback in the comp at putting twenty on a team? And that's Mitchell Moses. So uh, why not put him in there? He can look like a genius throwing the ball to the best players in the world. Um, do I think he's the best halfback in comp? Not by any means, but I think he'll be fine if he goes in there, and potentially could be what they do. Uh, but that's it for the Origin talk. We'll talk a little bit about Supercoach and what we'll do with Cleary in the second, uh, in the preview show later on. Um, until then. Yeah, so it was a bit harder this week, obviously, with only the one game, but I've managed to find myself a, a slap, a salute in the pot plant. Um, realistically, the pot plant for this series has to be Kyle Felt, doesn't it? Um, he had plenty of opportunities again, um, made a, a lot of errors, and he seemed to lose his head at times in this game. And I was going to say angry probably, angry Kyle came out. Might be yeah, the name. <laughs> Might be the name. Obviously, he was trying to fare um, pretty hard considering he had a poor first game as well, but, um, yeah, he just he just couldn't get couldn't get anything happening. And um, that first time they kicked to him, he probably should have scored, to be honest, and made that mistake. Obviously, he's a great, he's a very, very good player. Um, but he's two, his first two Origin games are two to forget for him, the poor bugger. And uh, my slap, I'm going to slap Freddie on the ass and try to mount him because <laughs> I'm just <laughs> extremely happy about what's happened in, in this in these two games. And I'm hoping that they can end up with an aggregate of about a hundred by putting another thirty on them in this next game that they're going to play. So. And that one, and you have to salute the back five for New South Wales. Those five blokes have had an absolute wow of the time. They've been brilliant, all five of them, in both games. So, I'm a well, well, well oh, I hadn't thought of this, but I'll throw it, jump in. Uh, I'm going to slap, uh, I'm going to slap the NRL for letting the Mulatano thing ever get to that level. How no, it wasn't that, how it wasn't. I don't want to talk no. about it because I'm sick of hearing about it, but how do you get to the day? of the game or day before the game without anyone checking or noticing or having a list or doing anything to uh, cross you. Like who's running end of the day. I know uh, Volandis came in and gutted 800 administrative jobs or whatever it was, but surely someone there would, would have the nous to go, why don't we actually check who's eligible or not by the, before the squads are announced? Well, apparently he was on a list of eligible players as well. So yeah, that just makes it even worse. Obviously, like, yeah. considering he's played juniors, I thought they'd just let it go realistically. Yeah. yeah. Well, he signed an eligibility thing, like filled out the questionnaire and it asked, yeah. have you been living in Queensland since before your 13th birthday. And he said no. And I don't know when he would have signed that, but you'd think as soon as that got processed or whatever, he'd be on a list of players who aren't eligible. Yes. There were both contracts that he signed. He's he's ticked off on that. And he said he wanted to represent Queensland. And they obviously let it happen when he was under 16s and 18s, but I don't know how the fuck if I know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, slap for them. Uh, My pot plans, I'm going to make them, 
I don't. I, I nearly was going to single out one, but I'll make it both. And the pop plans of the Queensland halves. I just think they were uninspired. Uh, they had no direction at all. And uh, I, yeah, short of singling out one, I'll just put them both in that basket. And the salute, we talked about him, but I, I'll salute the. I'll, you salute the backs. I'll salute the New South Wales forwards. I thought they were all pretty good. Thought they all uh, had outstanding games. So um, there it is. Ollie, do you have anything you want to add or? Uh, yeah, well, for my pot plant, I'm going to pot plant David Fafita. Yeah. Uh, we, we spoke about it before. I'm going to salute Isaiah Yo because we have been talking about him, at least us three have, and how good he's been. But I feel like, and it's not really any fault of his own, it's just how good the rest of the players in that side have been. He's not necessarily gotten the praise he deserves um, in that first game his defense was amazing in particular that try saver near the end of the game and as you brought up he's sort of support play in game two he had two really good games but they were were different sort of games in a way that he was playing so i'll salute him for his series so far and uh, look as a slap i guess i'm just gonna slap Queensland in general because <laughs> someone's got to do it. It's the easy one, but someone's got to slap Queensland, so I'm going to slap Queensland. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I want to quickly – a couple of quick signing news. So Titans, they signed uh, – well, first of all, they signed Marcus Bai's son today, uh, 16-year-old, yep. uh, and I've forgotten his first name, Young Bai. Uh, Ollie, he might have been before your time, Marcus Bai. Marcus first- Bai, I do – Holt hero know, wingers. That's Marcus Bynum. I've seen a bit of him um, yeah. from the Melbourne Storm. I guess you could say an original Vunavalu or a, or a original wrecking ball. That bloke. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh, he was sensational. But yeah, the young. I think young fella sixteen. I think is it Aaron or. Something like, I don't want to. Uh, I'm not too sure. I know he's yeah. Marcus by his son, but uh, yeah. but yeah, another Ford. Um, and that's just escaped me today. Had they signed another prop this week, or just in discussions? Uh, I know that they've re-signed Corey Thompson till the end of 2023. Oh, good on him. Uh, announced today, and it's not confirmed yet, um, but a, a, a couple of outlets are reporting that Melbourne have signed Tyron Wishart, who hasn't played first grade yet. They've signed him from the Dragons, so guess whose son he is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rod Rod Wishart's son. They signed him on a development deal, and as I think Gump said a few few weeks ago, um, Melbourne don't sign peanuts. So yeah. if they've signed this young kid up from a young age, I, he, I think you'll I've seen forty. I special. think he runs like Dad. I think I've seen um, sizzle reel of him, and he's, that, um, he's got a bit of pace. Lean slightly, lean forward. Yeah, and, yeah and arms and legs everywhere. Long, long, <laughs> long, long locks. Um, yep. A quick mention as well. I want to. I watched the uh, women's origin game eight six. It was to Queensland on uh, Friday night. In, enjoyed the game. Did you see it, boys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Now, it was a tough game. It was a tough game. I really enjoyed it. And if it was low scoring, it always felt like an entertaining game. Uh, but I want to make mention if we're gonna uh, have make a big song and dance about an all female uh, officiating squad. Uh, so that the uh, two two refs and the two touchies, which I'm fine with. That's great. But if you're going to do it at a professional level, you can't be graded on a separate curve to what the men are. And I thought the officiating was pretty ordinary. Uh, not that it necessarily cost either team the game, but I just thought there was plenty of stuff that uh, wouldn't have been would have wouldn't have been uh, allowed or would have been pulled up in a, in a, even a normal MRL game. 
And uh, I didn't particularly like the fact that women felt the need to celebrate every penalty they got as well. It felt a bit, <laughs> felt a bit weird by the end of it. But uh, apart from that, it was a enjoyable game, and uh, I hope the uh, NR- NRLW continues to grow and uh, provides me something else to watch for the uh, the other three days of the week. Um, any thoughts on that? We'll move on. Uh, well, there's a couple that- of flat out mistakes from from the main referee. There was, as you said, there was some pretty poor officiating there. Um, yeah, they go, they play a little bit side to side. Like obviously they do go down through the middle, but they um, obviously need a little bit more work on the skills work with the outside backs. But um, it was, a, yeah, as you said, it was a very enjoyable game to watch. Very physical, and um, yeah, there's plenty of skill there. But they could um, a few more. Um, I'd like to see a few more sort of set plays and stuff like that rather than just the, the run around and just straight across the back line kind of stuff. But, yeah, it yeah. was a good game, footy. Yeah. Ollie? Uh, I, I thought New South Wales were actually a bit disappointing with all the opportunities they have. They probably should have won it, but cost themselves a game. And other than that, uh, the Titans are going to win the NRLW this year. Confident. <laughs> well, you got to win something. Uh, and hopefully their hopefully. edge defence is much better than the men. Now, uh, uh, it probably will be. Yeah, you know. oh, it's a low bar. It'll be much uh, worse. The um, so our, our talking point of the week with no games to discuss uh, is that uh, we we sort of chatted here and there over a beer about um, well how NRL boards can't run NRL clubs and set out set so we set ourselves a task uh, to go and find a squad uh, based off not necessarily players that are, are nobodies, but we, so we came to the conclusion what we'll do is try and find a squad of 25 from players who are all going to be off contract at the end of next year. So free agents, I know contracts don't count for much, uh, yeah. in this day and age, but essentially free agents in 2023. So we've set out to pick 25 players. The assumption will be that, uh, you know, we'll find a few 18 year olds to fill up the remaining spots and, uh, see how we go with, uh, our own administrative challenges and um, so that's what we've started to do. Uh, who wants to lead away? How should we do this? I'll, I'll read out actually some of the social media stuff we got just throughout the week. Um, yeah, Ollie should. asked who should be the uh, marquee signing and which franchises should be looked at. Uh, Rugby League, in my opinion, would go with the Dolphins because they play at a Redcliffe. Uh, Rod's. The fourth team should be called the Nuffies, captained by DCE. Thanks, Rod. Crushers was better than all of them. Anyway, Dolphins have the money. That's all the NRL care about. Wade, Minchinberry. Well, they don't have the money. Berry Jets deserve a franchise. Big Jim as mascot. <laughs> and in terms of marquee players, uh, Jamie said DC as well, um, to which Neil replied, what, and then backflip again. Uh, we're all very catty on social media. Don't be catty, people. Uh, and <laughs> Flobby suggested Kurt Capel, um, which is an astute signing probably. Uh, so you are just saying uh, off-air – who would you – which franchise would you be looking at, uh, Barn? Yeah, well, Ollie mentioned that he'd um, strongly support the Redcliffe franchise and I, I'm pretty sure I'd back that as well, to be honest. Um, it, it makes sense. They've got a set – they've got a set well, – their own boutique stadium that they could play part of their games out of as well as being playing out of um, Suncorp, which would probably um, – the Broncos would probably appreciate that because I think they'd rather have – the ground to themselves a little bit considering the other two teams would be based out of Suncorp is my um, understanding. And well, the Dolphins, 
sorry to jump in. No, you're right. The, the Dolphins would have to be based at Suncorp <laughs> as well and play majority of their games there because that's what the NRL wants to Brisbane-based clubs playing out of Suncorp. Um, my whole thing with the Dolphins is that they're the team who's still going to be the most connected to their roots, if you get me. Still the same colour, same logo, everything, just Brisbane Dolphins, whereas the other two won't. And therefore, for me, that leads me to believe they'll retain um, the, the bigger fan base. That's just me anyway. Yeah, and they're one of the stronger um, one of the stronger clubs up there in the Queensland competition. They've yep. got a, the strong backing behind them. They've got um, some uh, very good business people in, in the back of that club. By the looks of things, they've got investments in all sorts of parts of Queensland and different um, different things in and around there. So realistically, it's not going to matter who comes through because I'm pretty sure the NRL is going to make sure that they're a success for at least to begin with. Yep. So, But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be looking at Redcliffe myself. No, fair enough. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not across it as closely as uh, you boys are to, to comment. Uh, we will, though. Uh, have you done this, Ollie? You've got yourself a franchise. You've picked your squad as well? Yep. Yep, very good. Um, I've, I've sort of done a loose salary cap, so obviously aiming for the 9.8 mil. Um, I would envisage, uh, based on this, that uh, they will – I might even sort them in uh, in uh, price order now, I think of it uh, – that uh, obviously there'll be a few K here or there that uh, – float around. Uh, who wants to go first? How are we going to do it? Just uh, go through our squad or should we go through um, player by player or we'll just go squad. I think you may as well run your whole squad out. Go yeah. squad and then an ideal, maybe squad. So again, this is T players who will be available to play from the start of 2023 uh, as of today. Uh, and uh, so a squad and then probably your ideal 17 from that squad. Uh, uh Ollie, you may as well lead us away. Yeah, so I just went with the 17. And just quickly reading over my squad then, I've realised it's it's actually not too dissimilar to the current Titans and Warriors squads. And I'm not necessarily talking about personnel, although there are a couple in there, more talking about a sort of young um, back line with a bit of strike, but your star players are mainly in that forward pack and I'd say I've gone for a primarily strong forward pack. I've not looked at specific numbers in that, but I have tried to keep um, salary cap in mind. So it's not all just going to be the best players from each position who are off contract. I'd say there'd be a couple of other names in there too. But anyway, to kick us off fullback, I have gone with Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, thought I'd spend a bit of money there, if you will. Um, my wingers, Hayes Dunster and Jackson Paulo, both haven't played too much NRL right now, have a bit of experience. I take it from here on out, though, Hayes Dunster is going to be starting for Parramatta and be a, th- a first string winger, but they both got potential and they both look okay. Um, my centers, Joseph Ma- uh, Manu from the Roosters. We know how good he is. And Max Feigai from the Dragons. So another player in the vein of a Dunster or a Paulo. Isn't it Young, Fia Nene? Got some potential. Vossi? Sorry? Isn't it Fia Nene or something? Vossi came up with some other wacky new name for him. 
Oh, uh, uh, there's two. There's two fee guys. Is that? Yeah, yeah. No, they pronounce it differently. <laughs> anyway, carry on. I know you mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just being a joke. And my halves, my halves, and this is really where the Warriors and Titans influence comes. At five eight, I've got Cody Nicarima. At halfback, I've got Jamal Fogarty. So you're running five eight. It'll be Cody Nicarima, and obviously game controlling. You've got Fogarty. For me, I tried to keep that in mind, and that's the best combination I could come up with in terms of a running and game controlling half that are both of an NRL standard. My props, Christian Welch and Malaki Fodawaka, potential Australian starting props in the future. At hooker, I've gone with Blake Braley, be a bit cheaper than his brother, and I've gone with that defensive mindset. He's been sound this year for Cronulla defensively, um, if nothing else, but he's a good player as well. My second rowers, Isaiah Papali'i, who's tearing it up for Parramatta, and Corey Harawiranaira, who has been one of Canberra's better players thus far in 2021. My lock, Patrick Carrigan, who is currently out for the Brisbane Broncos, and my bench at 14, Cade Cust. I've raved on about him before. He'd be the perfect 14 for this team. Um, I had to get him in there as well. Daniel Alvaro, the man who I tipped to have a, a breakout year at the start of this season, coming off the bench along with Reese Kennedy, who I, I think's an okay player for Brisbane and w- would be a suitable bench option for this team. And rounding it out, Billy Burns, who can play second row, probably a bit of lock and can also get into the centres as well. Very good. Uh, any thoughts on that, Pam? You know, um, I've gone with the same halves combination. Uh, there's, there's some pretty good, it's pretty good startup squad, I would imagine. Mm. Do you want to have a crack next? Yeah, of course. So I've also gone with Pappenhausen at fullback. Um, by the time 2023 comes around, he's going to be 25, sort of in the prime of his career. Um, you're going to have to spend a few dollars to get him. But um, obviously, my squad's uh, fairly young, realistically. Um, I've got three or four blokes in there that, that are, they'll be a bit older, but generally my age is around sort of 24. Uh, by the time uh, the 2023 20, season comes around, I'm going to go with – you probably have to spend a bit of coin to get Joseph Solali as well to put, put on the wing, but um, I'd, I'd have him. He's, he's still only be 19 by the time the season comes around, and I'd have him on one wing and – Alex Johnson on the other wing. Um, realistically, getting towards the back end of his career, he's probably going to be a little bit cheaper than what he's... He's not going to be the most expensive winger that you're going to have to pay out for. Uh, I've gone with Joseph Manu as basically one of my star players that I'd be bringing into the centres with Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper's really impressed me, actually, from Manly. Um, I've had raps on him for a little while, and I think he'd be quite a good starting centre if you're going to start up a club. Gone with Cody, Nicarima, and Fogarty in the halves. Um, again, they're not going to cost you a fortune, but you're going to shell out a little bit of coin to get them in there. But I think that'd be a pretty good combination out of the options that were there. Um Mo Fodawaker and James Fisher-Harris in the front row. Spend a bit of money in that front row and make sure you've got that engine room to get going through the middle. I've gone with Blake Braley as well in um, in my hooker just to try and save a little bit of cash. You do have your Brendan Smith there who was an option that I thought I'd, I probably would want to go with, but obviously you need to save a little bit of money somewhere. So uh, I've gone with Brenton Nakora and Isaiah Papali as my back rowers. Um 
Nakora looks like he's a very good young kid, uh, running running wise anyway. And Papali, Papali, we've seen what he's been doing all year for Parramatta, and both of those guys are only going to be twenty four and twenty five come twenty twenty three. So, someone you can build a club around. I've got Jack Bird as my lock. Uh, to be honest, as someone that you could push into India halves, play in the back line as well, covers a lot of positions. And I think, I honestly think he'd be a really good 13. You could play him on both sides of the field. He can ball play. Um, gone with Corey Huera Naira as my 14. Again, he's been one of Canberra's better players this year. I've gone with Paul Vaughan. Um, he will be pushing it at 32 by the time 2023 comes around, but he can teach these young blokes, you know, the game. He's been a superstar. You might get him a little bit cheaper as well than some of your other options at that time. Kate Cust as my utility. And uh, Braden hamlin Ueli would round out my 17. Um he sort of had a stop-start career with injuries, and but when he's on, he's one, he's a pretty destructive front row forward. I've gone with um, is Jaden Sullivan as my backup half would be part of my twenty-five. Should be able to get him fairly cheap. He does look like he's got a lot of potential there, and um, he could learn from Nick Arima and Fogarty coming through. I've gone with Matt Dory. As in my 25 as well, another young prop who looks like he could be something coming through. Carl uh, Lawton, who's been impressive again for Manly this year, can play backup hooker, can play in the back row. Um, someone, you know, who's tradesman like that you can have in your 25. Hayes Dunster as a backup uh, in the wings there. Franklin Pele from the Sharks, uh, another young one coming through. Looks like he could be a serious prop coming around and he'd be around 22 at the time of the startup. Matt Tomoko from the Raiders, only just starting to make his imprint in the NRL, but he looks like a, a handy um, centre winger that you could put into your squad. Um, Jackson Paulo also, again, another outside back that you could um, you have as your cover. And Benjamin Boyevich, just because... Um, there's a lot of potential there. He could be anything. Um, he hasn't had a lot of game time at the moment. And you probably get him for a decent price to put in his squad there. So that's the 25 I've come up with. Very good. Uh, so for me, I, um, I've sort of organised this in sort the way I'd sort of approach salary cap wise. But uh, I actually go against it. I actually would go and sign Gutho as my club captain and. Uh, I guess first marquee, just that you know the effort he's going to give you every week. Uh, you've, you see his leadership at Parramatta each and every week. Um, hoping if you can get him for the sort of eight fifty ish, probably a bit cheaper than you get Pappenhausen. To be honest, at the moment eight hundred eight fifty. Uh, Joey Manu for all the reasons you've outlined, but I would sign him as a six. Okay. Uh, uh, and then again, there's some good hookers around, but I actually would be looking to keep the the connection there for Reed Marnie and see if I can lure him up as well. Um, he's off contract at the same time. From there, I'd be looking at Carrigan, Fodawaka, Siafidi as my, I guess, marquee forwards. Um, all around, you know, that 550, 600 mark, hopefully. Uh, from there, Luke Garner off contract, very good hole runner. And uh, around a good team, could be a very uh, damaging uh, second rower. Jack Bird, you've mentioned. My half, I would actually go and chase Jock Madden. Uh all the ones, so all the other half options are a bit exy, and I think he's somebody you might be able to pick up and get into a first grade setup um, early on. And then uh, from there, Carl Lawton from Manly, Jared Wallace, uh, Herbie Farnsworth, Adam Kieran, Opachik, uh, Oregon Kafusi, Mitchell Dunn. 
Tommy Talao, these are just some, uh, back row, uh, some backline players, uh, a bit cheaper. Morgan Harper, you've mentioned. Jack Murchie, uh, Ethan Bullimore, Matt Dory, Tane Milne, Keegan Hipgrave, Tomoko Cade Cust. So ideally that would leave me with, uh, from 1 to 17, Gutherson, Tane Milne, uh, Herbie Farnworth, Opacek, Tommy Talao on one wing, Joey Manu. Jock Madden, Prop Daniel Desaifidi, Reed Marnie, Mo Fodawaker, Garner, Bird, Carrigan, and then Kafusi, Jared Wallace, I know he's getting older, but uh, can do a job off the bench. Carl Lawton, Matt Dory, and uh, yeah, the extended bench will be the likes of your Musgro- uh, Braden Musgroves, Bullimore, Dunn, Ke- uh, Adam Kieran, great goal kicker and potential to grow into a, a backup half there. Tomoko Hipgrave uh, and Cade Cust gives you all the options that we've uh, mentioned. So that's why I've looked at it a little bit different, but um, yeah, there it is. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, any thoughts on any of that, boys? I mean, it's, it was pretty good squad there, to be honest. Yeah, I, I was just going to touch on your side, Daggy. Interesting halves combination. Yeah. Um, just because Madden's young, we'd obviously have to see how we'd go in 2022. I guess with Hastings coming in at the Tigers. Well, um, I, and I f- Dewey still being there. And yeah, I feel like Brooks. he's about four back yeah. now and he's someone yeah. that we've seen, I know not at the top level, but seen a bit of. But when the thinking is, you know what you get with Gutho, you know what he does for Parramatta, yeah. uh, and him and Marnie, uh, I don't want to say can cover for it, but can ease someone yeah. into that position, obviously Joey Manu in between. Um And it was as much to illustrate, like you've done, the, the thinking that Joey Manu like, – w- there's these, there's this level of uh, of marquee players that all the clubs want, and then there's this level underneath of, of players that can be mined and turned into stars if given a chance. I think Joey Manu is the top of all our lists, all yeah. our lists there. Yeah, um, be right up there. Yep. So that was the thinking there. You know, ideally, would probably want maybe another star. Um, centre, but there's not a great. Kerrigan gives there. you a bit of um, a fallback as well if Madden That's doesn't right. quite come and, up. And obviously, his goal kicking's uh, mm-hmm. probably the best in the comp, to be honest. Or no one strikes mm-hmm. it cleaner. And uh, and yeah, I, I think the, the key ones we've all mentioned uh, obviously, Fodawaka is 21 years old. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, you know where he's going to end up? Where? Just to have a gut feel. He'll end up at Easts. He'll be someone yeah. they go and find. Uh, they've got money to spend. I realise this because uh, Crichton's <coughs> only signed a one-year extension and I worked out that's just because next year they can redistribute and recontract him with all the Boyd Cordner money. Um, but they're going to have some money to spend, uh, I think, in two years and he just fits that sort. He's someone they'll go and get that will prop them up and not that I'm overly excited about you know him not being in other clubs, but he just has that feel of someone they could go and chase. Um just a, just well, he a looks like a pillar, you know. He looks That's like a right. set and forget There's so, a, in your front row for the next five or ten years. Yeah, so that has that feel of, uh, you know, go and get him to replace Jared, uh, JWH, in two years' time. Um, Jack Bird we all mentioned, Joey Manu we all mentioned, and obviously Pappenhausen will be in big, big demand when that time comes. So interesting, yeah. uh, in- interesting no one really chased the cheese. Just figure out of the, out of the price range or... I had him in yeah. there, but yeah, I, I tried to sort of boost my front row and um, my back line a little bit. So I, I probably didn't have the money for him. He's definitely be somebody you're going to go and chase, but. Yeah. No, same. So, yeah, I was just going to ask you guys in reality, <laughs> because obviously we could only pick 
from this list of off contract players, but when we're actually looking at this side, like we're not stupid. There will be players who get contract releases early so they can go and play for this club and the NRL will be pushing for it because they want them to be successful, at least at first. So I guess my question to you guys is how many of these players do we think will actually end up making up this side? So I guess what percentage of the side do we actually think will be made off of made up of players off contract in 2022? It's interesting as well, because there are still a few players off contract this year that could be only willing to re-sign with their current club for one year because they also want to play for this club. So yeah. Well, and that's where, that's where realistically um, that's probably what Brendan Smith's chasing to be a marquee signing 2023. That's why he's only taken the, uh, the one year at Melbourne. Uh, I don't know what he's actually offered. Realistically, he's probably going to be top of whoever's up there. Um, I would say, I'd say Ford Awake is a chance because again, gives him a building block. Like we said, Uh, I would say someone like a Pat Carrigan's a good chance. I've got a feeling Brisbane could just be, uh, and they'll be up or about it. Mm -hmm. Brisbane could be uh, scavenged. Yeah, like what's the word? A carcass for them to come in and take um, the likes of him and, and those other good players. Um, beyond that, I, look, realistically, I think Parramatta will be doing everything they can to nail down Gutho and Marnie for, for long-term deals. Uh, Jared Wallace getting old. Someone like a Carl Lawton would be a great pick-up at the right age to go through. Um Someone like your Papa Lee, he could end up being a marquee signing for yeah. a new franchise. Um, just given the form he's been in, and he's going to demand big dollars. So that's right. With the new startup, someone could decide to throw a lot of money at him to come in and play back row or lock. Um, yeah. Your fringe halves, someone like your Jaden Sullivan's or your Jock Madden's, who are a little bit of the way down the pecking order, could end up finding themselves. Yeah. As a um, as a starting halfback, but I would, I'd be surprised if there's any more than about thirty to forty percent of the players that we've yeah. named that are actually going to fill up a, a, a new expansion club. So yeah, well, I strongly feel as well, and I, I'm very certain Munster will end up at this club as their their main marquee signing, possibly captain. I, I feel like he'll get out of his Melbourne deal a year early. Uh, we've obviously it's, spoken keeps about going his around form. kicking people. He keeps going around kicking Bellamy people. Will, yeah, exactly. Will get rid of himself. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I feel like it's coming at the end of next year because I feel like he does want to play for this new side. And I, I don't think Munster will want to wait out a year with this new side in the competition. I don't think this team wants to wait a year before they can go and sign Munster. And let's be honest, I don't think the NRL wants this team to have to wait a year before they can sign Munster. So No, they'll want two or three big kills straight up. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it works out for everyone. Like if Munster's form continues this way and, you know, Bellamy's been public before, he's not been happy with the attitude of Munster and when he goes out and does these stupid things. So it does seem like a, a very big possibility that he will be the 5'8 of this team when they take the field in 2023. I'll suggest um, Carrigan's probably a realistic chance too because he's yeah. a, a club captain. Is uh, he's, he's achieved what he's done already in, in the team he's been in. Uh, very well-spoken, well-respected in the local that uh, they could – 
probably try and uh, lure and Danny Young uh, that they could lure up there and try and get uh, as a, as a forward leader. He might be the other one. And uh, yes. yeah, I, I think we said right there, and I think like I mentioned, Cheese is the other would be the other one. I would suggest. And Manu probably deserves it to be honest to be yeah. a marquee somewhere. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't begrudge well, him the, in the yeah. slightest. Yeah. Well, you've been talking about how Brisbane will get scrapped, and I think they will. I think just about every Brisbane player currently on our list will be signed. So you, I feel like your Herbies will, your Reese Kennedys, your Bullimores will be signed as well. I also feel like a few Queenslanders will. It'll be a Queensland-heavy squad. Mm. So a Jared Wallace is a possibility. Marnie, I think, is a real good chance. It's going to be him or Cheese, I feel like, will be their inaugural hooker. He'll be One of those two will be the other big signing along with Munster and whoever else. But, yeah, I feel like like most, like most, all three of the Queensland teams currently in the NRL, it will be a Queensland-heavy squad. Yeah, well, that's maybe where Opachik fits in as well, actually. He's a, a Queenslander yeah. and, uh, and it's only on, I think, a year extension. He only took the one-year extension as well. So maybe that's on the radar there. Uh, interesting. Uh, interesting to see if they go and try and get some uh, – Eng- I actually didn't realise uh, the other bloke I want to mention is uh, Harawira Naira. I, I, I missed him in the list, to be honest with you, and he would be very high in my estimations. I think he's uh, really stamped himself this year, in a, again, in a poor team and might be one that – he's easily one you could throw into a back row and not worry about. Um so he'd be the other one that I'd add to my list. Uh, that's about it for our review show. We will uh, wrap this up now. Thanks for listening. Uh, jump on our socials, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and leave us some feedback. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, as well as some highlights on the Beer Garden Empire YouTube chain uh, page. And we will be back very oh, – in this by the time you listen to this, you'll see in the feed the preview shows up as well. And we're back to look forward to round, six to, uh, round 17 of the NRL very soon. Soon. Speak to you then.